You're listening to the White Live Fever podcast. This is Stuart Pike from BBC Radio 5 Live. Steve Mascord is your host, famous all around the world in rugby league. More famous than his own shitter. Okay, welcome to episode 13. I'm here with uh, Nash and Eddie from Urge Overkill. Uh, you've been on tour in Europe, what, for, for a couple of weeks now? Right, a couple of weeks. Uh, Germany. Switzerland, uh, Italy, uh, France. Yeah. And like, how's it, oh, over the last 12 months, you must have had preconceptions about what it would be like to get back together and go out on the road again. Has, any, it, w- has anything surprised you about anything you didn't expect? Well, not really. I mean, we, we, we rebanded uh, about seven years ago, and, and uh, actually we were here three times before, so there's no real surprises yet. Which 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 sort of um, uh, territories in in uh, in Europe are, are huge for Urge Overkill? And I mean, you were saying before that uh, you know you played in Paris. I mean, how was that? They're known to be yeah. quiet, reasonably subdued crowds. Yeah, no, Paris was a blowout last night. Um, Spain seems to love Urge. And, uh, yeah, there's there's always uh, the people who come know uh, what what we're what we're about so it's always uh you know we we are we've been pretty happy especially with some of the success in spain and we've you've had some festivals over there where people really know the songs and uh, you know uh having not been around for a while i'm i'm always amazed how well people seem to respond to to the newer and the older material we have is it is it harder to sort of know now with downloads and, and, and stuff which areas you're selling records which areas you're popular, what response to expect than, than it was in the old days uh, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask you know, <laughs> you know anything about that yeah, well yeah it's, it's uh, you know we're just kind of getting back into it and, and um, you know we'll see we're, we're, we constantly we keep our eye on our side of the, the equation where we're just trying to uh Keep the keep the string of good material coming out and do what we do. Mm. And uh, in terms of uh, you know strategically where we go, you know we we've we've had uh, pretty good success everywhere. Um, you know we've been able to go to Australia. We've, we've done a little. Uh, there's talk of going to South America. You know there, there's there's uh, people who who know something about the band just about everywhere. I read it. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I read an interview, um, maybe it was from a couple, of, a few months ago, where you said that it's the songwriting is sort of the main thing now, rather than touring. That it's get, it's getting new stuff out there. Now you've been on tour for a few weeks in Europe. Is that still the way you feel that that, that is your, that's your priority? Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, it's a, we function as uh, you know as we always have. I mean, you're, you're either in the studio, or you're on the road, you know, or you're on holidays. But, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. I mean, it's it's possible to do both. It's it's not uh, realistic to go out and play 300 days a year or anything like that. So we get plenty of time to, to tour as much as we want to, and you know, record, write, and record as much as we need to. Um, but the the playing a, a circuit of like you know smaller towns in in the US or, or even over here isn't really something we you know it's it's not like a old time uh, uh, you know like a bar band circuit or something like that where there's uh, 
you know, there's bands like us don't really go out and and, and play 300 nights a year. So it's 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 not that. It was when we when we get to go play shows for people. We consider it an opportunity, and uh, it's like a privilege that that you know to get out and meet people who appreciate the band. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> We're going to divide uh, this interview up into three parts and, and divide it up with with music. Is there? So we'll start with one song off Rock and Roll Submarine. If you could give us a little bit of a, a background, I was actually actually had a question about lyrics. I was wondering, uh, since I heard the record, what was the crime below the Mason Dixon line, and who are you looking for an effigy from? <laughs> well, um, yeah, Mason Dixon is is uh, it's just song. Yeah, just kind of a story about. Uh, you know, most American country music's all about cheating. Yeah, yeah. You know, they get them, almost all of them are cheating songs. That's our cheating song. Is it is it based on fact? Or? <laughs> it is. Based, it, it, it is based on fact. A, a band member was uh, was caught with a cell phone uh, uh, picture. Uh, that, uh, wasn't supposed to be seen by somebody. So. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll start with that song.
Hey, this is Nash Cato. And King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Okay, we're back with uh, Michael Monroe. And I just one thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, and you've got your autobiography there, which is, now when is it, when's it going to be out in Australia? A lot of our listeners are in Australia. Well, you didn't, any idea? <laughs> <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I've never been to Australia. I would love to go. Mm. You know, I love Crocodile Dundee. You know, <laughs> I love ACDC. I always wanted to go. And your tour manager is Airborne's tour manager as well. He was telling me. So there you go. Do you know Airborne? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I just met him. I met him for the first time today. Mm. But uh, yeah, Australia. As soon as, as soon as his book is translated into English. It'll be coming out everywhere. Every, everywhere there's the, there's there's a demand for it. I mean, mm. really, it has actually. It's a story. It's this story of about my me, my life from the beginning to uh, from uh, my birth to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> look at here. Want to see Michael Monroe as a as a baby? <laughs> no, this is what I. I hope it's not a bearskin rug picture. Hey, <laughs> Who's that? Who's this kid? Look at this sweet, innocent little. I had no rush. I was in, I was in no hurry to grow up. I was actually yeah. <laughs> drooling like a baby, you know, I'm just a regular guy. My mother wrote this, in the beginning of this book, it says, my mother wrote a bunch of stuff with me and my brothers, me, my dad, my mom, and my two older brothers. So, my mother wrote this uh, piece in the beginning saying, uh, actually, when the summer I was born, uh, summer of 1982, uh, 1982, <laughs> 19, uh, well, actually, 2002, 2004, no. Uh, when I was born in 1962, which is the year Rolling Stones were born, and uh, it's the summer that same summer that uh, Marilyn Monroe died, she passed away two months, about two months after I was born. It was a beautiful, sunny summer, and um, I uh, it was on a Sunday, and the day I was born, it started pouring down rain. It was raining, and it kept on raining throughout the whole summer to the end of the summer. End of the summer, sky was crying as they. Lost a beautiful soul down to earth. Nah, fuck, what the fuck am I saying? Anyways, here we go. Look at there. It's got 500 pages. It's got a bunch of pictures, photos all along of the whole story. I just happen to have a ton of pictures with me, Steve Vader's, all, all these years. It's all documented nicely. I like to have pictures, you know. Otherwise, mm. you get kind of like, you know, you follow a story and you kind of just, just, just uh, if you just have like pages and pa- page after page of just uh, reading and reading and writing. You get kind of, sometimes you just like all of a sudden you realize you've been reading it, but you just missed the whole, you're not taking anything in. So two colors. Uh, I think I have that copy of Kerrang in there. You do? Yeah, that one there. There it goes. There's some uh, color pictures too, nice pickies here, and uh, got some Hanoi stuff. I got my New York uh, stories. Got, uh, when I moved to New York, oh, look at here. Me, Steve Vaders, and Lemmy. Triple threat. <laughs> what a oh, that's some uh, some presence in that picture. Presence, heavy heavy atmosphere. Triple threat between the three of us. What do you? I mean, Jesus, I wouldn't mess with those guys. <laughs> here, my first, my debut show, my, my gig in New York. I live here in New York. Look at that. There's mm. my windows. This is where I uh, I lived for ten years on East Third Street between First and Second Avenue, the Hell's Angels block. The Fourth of July Independence Day party was my first gig as a solo artist in America after I'd moved there in 1987. They had this flag, American flag, and that logo there, you know, about the stage, and uh, yeah, it was one of the coolest gigs. And uh, yeah, so New York, you know, Demolition 23. My solo years actually lasted, there was a lot longer than uh, Hanoi ever, but with the old, the original Hanoi in the 80s, it's about four, four, almost less than five years. The rebirth of Hanoi in uh, 2000 to 2009. 
those both put together are still shorter in years than uh, the, the time I've spent solo, which is uh, what, what up until then it was like 16 years. Anyway, so then <clears throat> here's the story of me my birth to uh, this day pretty much the end of the summer here um, so you're walking down the stairs just to see me just then right up to the right up to the few minutes ago yeah it's like <laughs> up until now up until this interview hey, I'm talking to an Australian guy who seems to want to have the book as well and uh, here's the uh, getting closer to today here's the uh, new band and uh, you know there's the rebirth of Hanoi first I was gone and I'm looking back at it and I'm going like yeah, that was good to do. Now we're back here. Got there, and uh, here we go with uh, some of the new shows. We got Ginger in the band, then we got Dragon in the band. See? Coming all the way up to this moment. He, look at the shirt. Same shirt? It's got cool. a, can't be too far now. Me and Sammy. <laughs> Brothers. As, oh, look at there. Head bleeding and the Barbados, uh, the uh, you know, uh, it's actually a CBGB. It used to be CBGB's. We did a yep. show there in 2010, and I kept busting my head on a monitor above me like three, four times. The fourth time it really busted open. I was like blood all over the place in the spirit of Steve Baders and Iggy and all that stuff. It's appropriate. Mm. And look at that. I have my own star in the Walk of Fame in Turku where I live. Cool. Right? You know, normally they give them to people who uh, actually were born in Turku. I got one even though I was born and grew, raised in Helsinki. And these stars you can't buy. Like in Hollywood Boulevard, you, have, you can buy it. If you pay really? enough money, you can buy oh. a star for yourself. This one you have to earn. <laughs> and you're going to the presidential, uh, what is it, the presidential dinner? Is that right in, uh, in, in December? It's a uh, uh, God, whatever party. That's like a gathering, uh, an annual. Every year it happens. There's uh, 2,000 people invited and uh, mostly... Uh, you know, distinguished, uh, you know, older veteran soldiers, you know, you know, and people that are, I guess, significant. So, first time ever I've been invited to go and be there. So, uh, it's very cool. Actually, I met the president uh, almost about a couple of years ago uh, at a John Fogarty show in uh, in Finland. She likes rock and roll. Therefore, I love her. She's great. Here's my bike. Look at that. My bicycle is like a Harley, you know, it's like a chopper kind of. <laughs> a friend of mine is in a Harley. Are you taking that back home with you from New York? What? Or is it the bike? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I bought it in Finland. Oh, right. You bought it in Finland. Yes, yes. So, anyways. And then, the most important thing, my cats, like, the four, four cats from my life. These are the past three ones. Susie was um, my cat in New York, 16 years. And, uh, here's my three cats with my... Girl. Susie, as in Susie and the Banshee, spelled no, the same way? Susie one? is Finnish and it means a wolf. Oh, I S -U -S -I. see. S-U-S-I. Oh, right, okay. There's Gizmo, there's Sippy, and there's the Little Missy. She's the only one alive anymore out of all these. But, you know, there's some... Uh, some shit, you know. Very cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you um, something, and it's kind of an Australian reference a little bit. Rose Tattoo probably invented the whole biker rock. Rock and roll out love. <laughs> Prop Never needed anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy said once, uh, the greetings to Angry. Angry says, Angry, I want to lick your bald head. <laughs> angry, angry had apparently he was like, oh, wow, hey, sounds like a cool guy, then. whoever it is. Yes. So, I mean, they probably invented the biker rock thing, the tattoos, and, and maybe um, haven't got due credit for it. Do, do you... Do you feel a little bit the same about the the, the glam explosion? Do you think everyone else talks about your impact? Do you think about yeah, it much? Everyone else talks about it, and they all say, you know, you you started this, so you you I'm to blame for. It. I say, don't blame me for that, for that shit. I never. I mean, if you're talking about the people, all, all the, the Sunset Strip scene and whatever, I mean, 
of course, it's always flattering when someone says, oh, you influenced this and that and made a big impact on some, something. But to me, uh, personally, I did not relate, to, I could not relate to that, uh, that uh, kind of... Uh, Stereotype, rock and roll, rock star, sex, drugs, rock and roll, cliche. I mean, a bunch of guys with big hairdos, makeup, and uh, who could play their their hairspray cans better than their instrument. And they learn to pose and party, and you know, get screwed up, and you know, uh, act like you know, pretend to be rock stars before they even learn how to play or write songs. So, to me, the music, the attitude, and the uh, you know, being able to play was more important. I mean, I, I would not have the gall to stand up on stage doing you know anything other than if I wasn't able to play and perform mm. and do something stand there and pose and not really have much of much substance to uh, kind of back it up with uh, I wouldn't have the nerve to be up there I would just you know not do it and to me it's about music you know uh, mm. so in any case I mean God bless him and I think uh, I think something like Guns N' Roses for example that is a great thing to uh, that that's a great thing to uh, to see that they had they they came out and they said Hanoi Rocks was a major influence but they had their own thing uh -huh. and they really took the the, the essential the, the right things about Hanoi they were influenced by and they had totally their own thing and they were the coolest because they talked about Hanoi in the interviews and they put out they re they released the uh, European catalog and the Uzi Suicide label in America just just so people would know, uh, I heard Axel just got sick of um, uh, not having people know about Hanoi Rock, so he they wanted to put him out, and they mm. did, and they actually did something about it. So I really think that's that's a great, that's really cool to, uh, that makes me feel good, you know. Time for another song. What have you got for us? Oh, well, we got blood. Got blood if you want it. How about this? Check it out. Got blood if you want it. Check it out. The verse, you know, <laughs> sing along if you like. <laughs>
What's up? This is Scott Ian. This is Rob Caggiano of Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Welcome back. Um, this week's show's probably just sort of been dumped on you, really. You got Urge Overkill without any warning or explanation, and then Michael Monroe, uh, that interview conducted on his tour bus in Wolverhampton after a show where he was uh, opening for Wednesday the 13th. I think that's how you say it, uh, the fellow from uh, the Murder Dolls. But anyway, we're here now, um, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm sorry the 13th program has come uh, oh, two weeks after the, the 12th. Um, it's just a really uh, busy week since... Darren Lockyer's great farewell uh, with Australia comfortably winning uh, the Four Nations in that uh, final against England at Elland Road. And before the program finishes, we're going to hear from Darren Lockyer in his very last interview as a player. I just happened to grab him on the way out of uh, the stadium. He was still in his shorts, signing a few uh, autographs. Um, And the interview you're about to hear is uh, very short and it's very informal, uh, but I was able to use those quotes in The Australian the next day. So I was just a bit lucky, ran into him, because we were told that he wasn't going to be doing any more interviews. Uh, Coming up, uh, for me, in the next week, uh, lots of gigs, very busy. Alter Bridge and Blackstone Cherry at Wembley Arena. Cheap Trick um, and uh, Deep Purple, Deep Purple, the 38-piece orchestra. Uh, they were playing at the O2 Arena. And then heading up to Sheffield uh, for Little Caesar and Taiketo on separate nights at the Corporation. And then in Islington on Sunday night, Ace Freely. And that's all before next week. Hopefully uh, next Monday I'll be posting a whole new show uh, and you'll be hearing um, a bit more from Michael Monroe and also uh, from... Urge Overkill. Uh, not much rugby league in this week's uh, program, but we did have a lot of programs during the year where there was only rugby league and not much music. Uh, but the news today is that the World Cup, 2013 World Cup, will be hosted in four countries. So uh, France, England, uh, uh, Ireland and Wales. And I think that's good. In fact, I'd be happy if there were even more European countries hosting games. I know some people think England shouldn't be giving up matches, but um, you know, I suppose the 2000 World Cup was overly ambitious uh, with games in too many development areas. I think they've got the balance uh, right on this occasion. I am the real Stevis on Twitter. Uh, that's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-S-T-E-A-V-I-S. Uh, the, the main website is stevemascord.com. Uh, one word, stevemascord.com. And the site for this program, whitelinefever.ning.com. Been doing some great stuff uh, there recently with live uh, feeds, uh, live uh, um, uh, webcasting of events. So keep an eye on that. Hoping to really build that on that site over the uh, next uh, few months. Okay. Darren Lockyer's last interview is coming up. Then a new song from DAD, uh, uh, Last Time in Neverland, off their uh, new album, Disneyland After Dark. And then the best, uh, we call them IDs. That's when someone says, hi, you're listening to White Line Fever, I'm whoever. Uh, Michael Monroe wouldn't just do that. He actually went uh, upstairs on his tour bus and got his harmonica and wrote us a little jingle. So we're going to finish the program with that. I mean, I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was worried, but I was about the guys being injured and crook it was more um, it, you know I, I think uh, we were, were always determined no matter what happened we were, you know we had everything covered mm. you know so I mean it was uh, it, you know it was, it was a good thing that JT that Matt Scott got through their fitness test this morning and GI was was right mm. uh, that I, I guess that boosted the confidence of the team but at the same time I think if, if they weren't going to be there we were, we were ready for that yeah, yeah and the goal mate I know he just asked you about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate uh, mate again I haven't uh, done any goal kicking practice for a while and it told um, I, I've, I've kicked plenty of uh, 
goals over my years, but that one just didn't uh, didn't work. One memory, mate, from tonight, and I'll leave you in peace. One, one memory? One memory? Uh, it's hard to pinpoint one, but I, I think um, oh, I, I remember when when we ran out, um, you know, and the the, um, the national anthem for, for both countries were, were being sung. Uh, I've never seen that many England flags just mm-hmm. waving, you know. That was, and I, I've, I've played here at a few times, and that's probably the best atmosphere I've ever mm. experienced here at Allen Road. So it was a great, great night.
You got a white line fever. Going to run, land down under. Going to turn around the corner, way down yonder. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.